Well, hello everyone. I'm so, so happy to be with you this morning. And I'm going to give you the sixth sermon in a series that we're doing here at Zero on Prayer called Moments with God. And the, the type of moment with God that we're going to explore this morning is contemplation. And I'm going to attempt to do three things this morning. One is to give you a bit of a definition of contemplation. And then I'm going to just, just a short while, just explain some of the ways that it's impacted my life and my relationship with God. But really what I want to do is look at the life of Jesus and just see how he modelled a contemplative life, what he said about contemplative prayer. And actually, if you want a much deeper dive into all this stuff, um, the kind of the what, the how, the why of contemplation and contemplative prayer, and I've actually done a, a longer talk that's going to be on the Zio podcast, so you can always um, have a listen of that later. But as for this morning, let's dive in with some kind of definition for contemplation, because as Amy was uh, was laughing about earlier, it's quite a kind of maybe slightly old-fashioned sounding word, a, a sort of posh sounding word that is a bit unfamiliar sometimes um, in this day and age. So what do we mean by contemplation in the context of Christian prayer? So I think it's really about a, a certain way of being with God. A way of praying that just allows us to slow down a little bit, as Kate says, to pause and just have a bit of silence, a bit of quiet and stillness and maybe solitude so that we can turn and yield all of all that we are to the presence of God that is not only around us, happening around us and everywhere, but inside of us and then just be there, just linger in the presence of God an open heart that's it in a sense it's very very simple but nobody nobody explains it better than Jesus himself and there's this moment in the gospel of Matthew it's chapter 6 verse 6 when he's explaining to people how to pray the kind of nuts and bolts of prayer and he says something which is so just so perfectly describes what contemplation is so let me read that to you this is what he says in Matthew 6, 6, and this is from the message translation. He says, here is what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play in front of God. Just be there. As simply and as honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will be able to sense his grace. Now that is just the most succinct, to the point, kind of a realistic, beautiful way of describing the whole process of contemplation and contemplative prayer. So if you do nothing else and remember that one verse from the message translation, if you were to sit with that this week in prayer, just allow the words to kind of percolate, sink into your heart, Ask the Holy Spirit to just whisper his truth to you through that. That would probably be the most powerful thing that I could possibly imagine. But as for me personally, what I have found after several years of praying in this kind of way is it has absolutely transformed the way that I experience and understand God. It's, um, I suppose it's just opened me up to the enormity and the mystery of God. It's allowed me to stop striving and straining a bit to kind of pray right or do the correct kind of prayers and just be, just enjoy the presence of God that is within me. It's kind of set me free to just be exactly who I am 
in the presence of God and know how beloved I am and know that God is with me and I can just be in his presence. It's also kind of surprisingly, I think, opened me up to the joy and the beauty and the presence of God just within the ordinary everyday details, even the mundane stuff of real life. But it has also held me, steadied me through some of the really tough stuff, some of the challenges that have come my way. I guess, um, hands up, I wouldn't expect you to do something just because it's been so life-giving to me. But as Christians, I would expect you to be quite fascinated by the fact that Jesus led such a contemplative life in the heart and the busyness of the world, and that he spoke about contemplative prayer in the way that he did. And actually, you know, even if you stumbled here and you're not a Christian, maybe you don't know what you think, what you believe about God or not, just stay with me because there is something about the person of Jesus. There's something about the things that he said and did that are just so interesting and so compelling, wherever you are on your kind of search for truth and meaning. So let's dive in together because I want to have a look at how Jesus modeled contemplative prayer in his lifetime. So we're going to look at the gospel of Luke in the New Testament. Just see, um, you know, how he, how he lived this way of contemplation with God. So Luke bothers to, to note to us no less than nine times that Jesus left all the busyness and the, the, um, the noise of life and kind of disappeared, wandered away into lonely, isolated places to pray with God. So once we get to about chapter four or five, we realize that there are crowds really beginning to gather around Jesus. He's doing such incredible preaching. He's healing people from their illnesses. There's miracles and the crowds are getting bigger and bigger. So by Luke 5.15, this is what this is what Luke has to say. He says massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from their illnesses. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. Let's look at that last sentence really carefully. Jesus slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. There's three things that I want to really look at in that one sentence, because I think there's a lot to say about contemplation in there. First, let's pay a little bit of attention to the fact that Jesus withdrew to really specific sounding places. In the English translations of the Bible, they're talked about as um, kind of places of solitude, even lonely places. Sometimes they're described as wilderness. But in the original Greek, that word is eremos. And an eremos place is a place that was unpopulated and secluded. And these were the kind of places that Jesus knew in his soul he had to get to, to find the silence and the solitude to just be in the presence of his father. Now, of course, we don't have to find mountain ranges or olive groves or deserts or whatever to be in the presence of God. You know, lovely though that would be. But we do need to find places that are as kind of ruthlessly free of distraction and interruption as we possibly can so that we can just contemplate, so that we can be with God simply and honestly. And so... You know, this could be very simple. This could just be um, having a cup of coffee in your bedroom before the kids get up. It could be on your morning walk or run. It could be just sitting, uh, looking out of your living room window at the garden. It doesn't really matter um, exactly where, as long as it is quiet, as you have some solitude, you're not going to be interrupted. 
And, you know, I totally get that this is, sounds quite hard. If you've got, um, you know, lots of small children, if you are kind of doing two or three jobs and night shifts or live in a really noisy, built up urban area, it can seem hard to locate a kind of quiet place of solitude to meet with God. I wonder if we can have a kind of like a holy obstinacy about this. That we can really emulate what Jesus did and get away with God in these moments of solitude so that we can just be in his presence. Secondly, let's notice that this wasn't an unusual occurrence. Far from it, Luke goes to pains to tell us that Jesus did this often, frequently. So it seems like Jesus had a really healthy rhythm of life where on the one hand, he was incredibly engaged in life. He was meeting the needs, the pressing needs of people around him. He was committed to what was going on in the real world with his whole heart. And yet he was equally committed to leaving all of that behind and finding empty, quiet solitude to be in the presence of his father to be refreshed and renewed and refilled for the next part, the next stretch of the road ahead. So this was something that he did regularly, something that he made time for. So he was kind of unattached enough to his own schedules and own busyness to be able to detach. And I wonder how how attached we are to our own schedules, our own busyness, the demands of life. Are we able to step back? and take the time that we need to be refreshed and renewed in the presence of God. Thirdly, notice that this wasn't just Jesus escaping to kind of chill and relax, although, you know, Jesus was really good at doing that. He hung out with his mates and things. We hear about that quite a lot in the Gospels. But Luke is telling us here that Jesus specifically went to these lonely places to pray with his father. And, you know, I wish that we could have a bird's eye view and kind of listen in on what happened in those times. But we don't we don't have that. But what we do know is it was often for hours at a stretch. It was in these quiet solitude places and that Jesus speaks at other times in the in the Bible, particularly in John. We hear it of this incredible oneness that he had with his father in prayer and that he heard from God and that he um, he could see where God was leading him. So I don't think it's a stretch to think that these times that Jesus had in his Eremos places were times um, where there was, uh, you know, much time given to this kind of contemplative listening, being with his father, being refreshed, you know, being renewed. Maybe, um, he, maybe he was kind of responding to that invitation that he'd have known so well from the Psalms, like in Psalm 46, 10, when it says, be still, be still and know that I am God. And, you know, there's also quite an interesting thing and a pattern that, that appears. If you were to track the nine times that Luke says Jesus withdrew into these lonely Eremos places and just track with what happened when Jesus reemerged back into life, what would you would see? There's this amazing thing. There's a, this kind of this link is that when he reemerged, amazing things happened. He walked on water. He gave the Sermon on the Mount. He healed people of illnesses. There was miracles. He acted with such extraordinary love and wisdom and insight so it's like there's this kind of balance between kind of retreating with God in prayer to listen and just be with him and open your whole heart to the God that is within you and there being kind of equipped and refueled for the next stretch of the of life that's ahead of you 
to be full of purpose and power in your life. So in a sense, there's nothing floaty about contemplation. It's not sort of sitting on a cushion in some sort of self-indulgent way to feel good. There's something really powerful about the way that God equips you and sets you free and heals you and restores you in these times of intimacy with him. These are also times then of being empowered to be the people that God wants us to be, to be able to join with him in the work that he is doing in the nitty gritty of the real world. So I guess the question I want to leave you with is, have you found your Iremos locations with God? Could you find a place free of distraction and interruption where you could just be in God's presence? As Jesus told us, as simply and honestly as you can, just waiting for him, listening for him, being refreshed by the spirit of God. Because if you can make this a habit, even if it seems like clunky and awkward and a bit strange at first, because often new things are, But if you can make this a regular habit as Jesus did, then something really amazing starts to happen. Is you begin to realise that these iremos, quiet places, aren't just about external geography of place and time, but they become about internal geography of your heart. You begin to sense there is a place within you of, of God's presence where there is an infinite ocean of peace and goodness and wisdom that is nothing about what you're generating but about the fact that there is Jesus living by his spirit within you a place that you can go to no matter what you're doing no matter where you are there is this place of quiet and peace and silence a home for your heart with the presence of God and so wherever you go out when you go back into the thrum of the world you go out knowing there is a place a grounding within you where you can be in the presence of God. What a relief that is. And, and, you know, make no mistake, what you contemplate, you begin to reflect. What you, the one that you contemplate, what you set your heart upon, that becomes what you take out into the world most powerfully and most visibly for the good of the world. So contemplation isn't just about your restoration and your spiritual nourishment. It's about the restoration and the healing of the world as well. So that's why it's so important. That's why Jesus talks about it with such passion. So maybe we could pray. Maybe we could just, wherever we are, we could just, as I, as I said before, turn and yield to the presence of God within us and around us. And I thank you. Father God, Yahweh, Saviour and Friend Jesus, and Holy, Holy Spirit, our Comforter, that you are not only between us, around us in all, but you live within us. And we have this place of your presence that we can call home within us, where we can pause, slow down, and contemplate your goodness, know your presence, 
have that eremos place of peace. And that is good news. May we share that good news with others. Thank you that you want us whole, that you want us to know that we're beloved. And you want that to shine out of us to the people that you bring to us in our lives. Amen.